What's up, everyone? It's time for another episode of the Prairie and Smith podcast. James Madison and App State meet in a clash of titans on Saturday and one of the biggest games of the Sunbelt football season. On today's episode, Caden and I are excited to welcome former star quarterbacks Todd Centeno and Chase Bryce to the show. To help preview this epic matchup, we'll dive deep into what makes each program special. We'll also make our predictions for Saturday's big game. We can't wait to talk about this game. We hope you'll enjoy it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Well, we are really excited to talk about Saturday's big game between James Madison and App State. It's going to air on ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. And with this big game coming up, we're excited to welcome former star quarterbacks from James Madison and App State, Todd Centeno and Chase Bryce, a couple of podcast alumni, back to the Prairie and Smith podcast. Guys, thanks for coming on to talk about Saturday's big game. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, no doubt. Appreciate you having us. Well, guys, let's jump right in. And, you know, ultimately, you guys, as I mentioned, both podcast alums. Chase, you were actually our first interview. Todd, I think you were our last interview during the regular season uh, last year. But wanted to give you guys both an opportunity to just update our listeners on kind of the current state of your football career. I know that you both have opportunities that you're currently taking part in and have upcoming. So, Chase, just wanted to give you the floor to hear a little bit about what's going on in your football career. Yeah, um, the last six months, uh, I've been up here in Vancouver, uh, BC, uh, part of the BC Lions football club. Um, we just lost last week in the, in the semifinals, but, uh, you know, I'm packing up my stuff now, heading back to Georgia, um, on a flight tomorrow and, uh, we'll be back up here in the spring. So that's, uh, that's kind of my update. What's Canada been like? It's a lot different, uh, a lot different than I'm used to. I'm from, you know, suburbs of of atlanta and and out here it's uh it's west coast it's northwest um a lot of rainy days uh like seattle uh but it's uh, it's been a cool experience i've really enjoyed my time out here well good uh todd i I hear you've got uh some opportunities coming up as well uh with your football career yeah uh so right now i'm with the orlando guardians and xfl um you know they're the two leagues are merging so we got to see what's going to happen with that and then um from there, uh, you know, everything else will shake itself out. But definitely going to have a chance to play um, in that in that new league when they merge. Definitely exciting stuff for both of you. Appreciate having you both on. And really, you know, we all have your support on this podcast and beyond as far as y'all continuing your careers past your Sunbelt days playing. But let's get into this game and start with last year's game. It was that 32-28 come from behind win that James Madison was able to pull out in Boone. What do you both remember? What stands out the most to you from that matchup? We'll start with Todd. Um, Just shoot. Uh, the whole team's resiliency. Um, shoot, my personal resiliency. Shoot, I got hurt on the third play of the game, and uh, you know, kept kept battling through, and had to, you know, the the shift in my my mental was really the biggest thing that game, because you know, for a while, like the the next few drives after I got hurt, I was really like not really into it, and then I flipped that switch and was able to, you know, go out there and and do what I do. Uh, or did did what I did, and um, you know the the atmosphere was crazy. Um, I ain't gonna lie, the the App State fans they they came out for sure, and they were hostile and wasn't nice. And um, you know that's one thing that really stood out to me. But uh, it it was a very fun game. Um, what probably uh, one of the best uh, moments from last season. Yeah, uh, you know being up twenty five going into halftime. Um, you know we had a lot of confidence, uh, and. 
you know, second half, I don't know. I'm not really sure what happened. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, we, we just struggled. We couldn't get anything going. Uh, I couldn't get in the rhythm. Um, I threw a bad interception down in our own, our own side to give them, you know, the lead. And, uh, and from then on, you know, we're, we're a good team. We're battling back as well, as well as James Madison. When they were down, they, they battled back. And uh, we had a chance in the very end. But um, they came out strong that second half, and, and we weren't prepared for it. So it was a, uh, it was a tough loss, definitely, uh, definitely one that, that I'll never forget. Uh, you know, I think it, it had a lot to do with the, the rest of our season that year as well. Chase, what were your uh, biggest memories of watching Todd do his thing? And Todd, I'll follow up with the same question what Chase has done. Um, just as just as poise. Um, it, <laughs> I've been down thirty before it, at halftime, and and to see the way he came back, just as poise, um, presence in the pocket, making plays, knowing that you know I didn't even know he was hurt, so that that's news to me. You know, I had no idea, and and to see the way he played, his toughness. Um, and obviously he was a leader of that team and they all rallied behind him. So, you know, that's, that's what I remember. Hey man, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, shoot. The, the one thing that really stood out was that dime in the corner. <laughs> to tie that. Every time I see that play, I get so mad because it was the perfect ball, perfect throw, perfect catch. And I, and I was, I was just, man, every time I see it, I get mad. Cause I'm like, we don't put, we put them in good position. They was in our own, end, our own, uh, red zone and then he goes and drops a dime on us like that and I'm like dang all right we're gonna really have to you know fight back so um you know just that competition we had was was, was really special well I love that uh we can all be friends here on the Frary and Smith podcast Chase this next one's for you this this year's matchup college game day is coming to Harrisonburg it's gonna be the third time that it's there and you're familiar with playing on game day. You got to do that a year ago. That was, you know, the game that has put you, you know, in the lore at App State, that game-winning Hail Mary. Uh, Chase, just talk about some of the challenges, the distractions, and some of the fun things that come with hosting college game day on your campus. You know, I think a lot of it for me in the beginning, I'm, you know, me and Todd, we're, we're older guys. We, we played a lot of college football and and we also bounce around, so we got to experience a lot of things. And and I think the main thing was just the the overlap of the win from the week before of Texas A&M and, and everybody wanting to hear the story on that. And it just bled into the week of preparation for um, Troy. And Troy is no slouch, obviously. They, they won the Sun Belt last year. Um, and got a great head coach, and they're really rolling. But um, I see that smart. Uh, no, I get it. I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, it, it was fun in in preparing for for college game day. It was cool to have it on App State's campus, Kid Brewer Stadium. Um, I knew the fans were going to be be awesome. Um, but you know, I, maybe for the younger guys, it might have been more of a distraction. Um, but for me, it was it was business, and you you had to separate your meeting time with with preparation. With okay, now we got to do in, interviews and, and things like that. But once I think Wednesday hit, um, it was pretty much cut, which was nice. Um, Coach Clark did a really good job of of limiting as much as he could, but also wanting to get everybody to hear, you know, Appalachian State. So. Um, but all in all, it was really fun and really exciting to have have that crew um, come visit uh, Kid Brewer. 
Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting, I think, to see how the JMU team combats that and deals with that because obviously they're not coming off of a big win. They're coming off of kind of a season in a long run of putting together wins and kind of having their postseason fate being in question and now having this moment. I think it's going to be interesting to see how JMU deals with that. But Todd, staying on the JMU side of things, I think one of the biggest storylines of the season for this team has been the emergence of Jordan McLeod, the quarterback. He's putting up a very similar season to you did as far as having a career at other stops and then coming to James Madison and really having that best career season, whether it's Coach Tino Sinceri, which I've heard great things about, Mike Shanahan, Kurt Signetti, the play calling, the scheme. What would you say has led to the similar quarterback success that we've seen Jordan have this year to what you had last season and historically at JMU, really? Um, I I think the ultimate factor is, uh, you know, having that constant pressure and coaching from Tino um sincerely uh no I ain't I ain't gonna lie he's probably one of the best coaches in the country uh best coaches and football minds I've been around and like like you guys said we've um, been to a bunch of different spots and been around a lot of different coaches um you know the way he just he knows how to get get the best out of you and um just really pushes you to continue to be better and he's always on top of you there's not one time where he's 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 slipping up and He's going to stay on top of you the whole time. And, um, you know, it, it showed throughout the season with uh, Jordan's progression. And Jordan's having, uh, you know, a hell of, hell of a season. And, and he's really, you know, seem, seems like he's really embodying it and, and, and enjoying the, the whole thing. So, you know, I'm happy to see him go out there and do what he do, you know, other Florida native. <laughs> Todd, it's funny because I think it was the press conference this past week where Jordan kind of opened up about Coach Sinceri. And, and we all see Kurt Signetti and, and how hard he is on you guys, you know, externally. But Jordan said that Tino's actually harder on you guys as quarterbacks than even Coach Signetti is. No, nah, definitely. That's that, that's definitely the case. Um, you know, Coach Coach Signetti, he has his hands on everything. But, you know, you you get that. You, you're always with Coach Sinceri. And like I said, he's never letting up. So you're always getting that constant pressure from him. And, you know, those are the type of coaches that get the best out of you and, and that you want to be around. And, um, you know, I appreciate Coach Sinceri. I appreciate all the coaches at uh, James Madison on the offensive ball because, uh, you know, they're all great-minded and, um, you know, great coaches as well. So and, and we're seeing that this year for sure. And we saw it last year. Well, guys, staying on the coaching theme, Todd, you played, obviously, for Kurt Signetti. Chase, you've played for Sean Clark, as did Caden. Kind of pull back the curtains a little bit. Who are they both as people? What did you appreciate about them during your playing time? Chase, I'll let you jump in here. Yeah, Coach Clark, is uh, he's just he's just an offensive lineman, honestly. I don't know how else to explain it. He's just, you know, gritty. Um, he's really down to earth. Um when he when he's even in the football facility and outside, he's a family man, uh, and and honestly, and, and a great coach. I, I really I really enjoyed playing for him. Um, he has a lot of faith in his players. Uh, he had a lot of faith in me, in which you can tell um, when it, when a coach has faith in you, and and it allows you to play free. And um, and I think on this three game winning streak that that Apps got, it's it's shown. You know, he's. He's trusting those guys out there. He's trusting his coaches um, to develop these players. And, and I think it's shown and um, I'm really happy for him. And, you know, I can't wait to can't wait to see him in, in a couple of weeks when I, when I go to the Southern game. But um, he's just a guy that you can you can hang out with. You can eat dinner with, um, invite you over to his house and play with his kids. And, and so he's he's pretty awesome. Todd, how about Coach Signetti? Uh, Coach Signetti. uh Man, a few words, but when he speaks, you know, you definitely listen, um, you know, and he's a big uh, X's and O's guy, you know, he, uh, he's going to randomly come up to you and just talk about football and, 
and that's it. He's all, all about business, all about football. And shoot, you can't you can't even be mad about that because you know it, it produces. So uh, you know, great coach, and you know he knows what he's knows what he's supposed to do in crunch time, and it showed this year too with all these close games that they won. And um, you know, he's just a great coach. Also wanted to give a shout out biasly to Coach Ponce, the App State offensive coordinator, just because I know and Chase could probably say this from all the other quarterbacks. He's also a quarterback coach and a coordinator who's very hard on his quarterbacks. I'm sure Chase can attest to that as well. And I think Joey Aguilar is probably going through some of the same things right now when we're seeing that success with him. But Joey's going to have to go up against this JMU defense who we know is a problem. They're a menacing unit. They're a fantastic unit and one that Todd's had to practice against. And Chase, you played against and they obviously had that second half success. From the both of you, starting with Todd practicing against them, what's this JMU defense like? What makes them special? And what just makes them so efficient week in and week out as far as being able to stop the run and just keep teams limited on the scoreboard? Um, I believe, you know, every every part of the defense just works together. Um, you know, it, it's like it's, it's just they're working real cohesively. Uh, you know, the, the you got the pressure from the front seven and then you got the back end that's just works with with the you know pass rush and, and all that kind of stuff so it's like a it's a well-rounded defense and when you got a well-rounded defense it's hard to you know find a way to attack it and you know they're doing a great job out there and they're flying around and having fun so you're doing that and, and then you guys all working together is you know it formulates you know a great defense yeah um they bring more safety pressure than than i've ever seen in a defense uh boundary feel they they really want to want to heat you up and uh, and they're not, you know, when I was playing them, they they just played free. Um, that D line w- was getting after us, and um, I think you know our the turnover success we had in that game really helped us honestly score because when they kept us on you know the other side of the field, we we weren't able to drive the ball um, eighty yards, seventy five yards, whatever it was. So. Um, they keep everything in front of them pretty much and and uh and they're stout up front and 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 stout at uh at DB so they're they're a tough matchup for sure but you know, I think it'll, it's it's going to be a, a really good game. Chase, is it fair to say that this James Madison defense was your least favorite to face last year? Um I will I'll have to say it was Marshall. Um I hated I hated that Marshall defense. So they were top 10 I think in almost every category. Um but JMU was was literally number two um but yeah Mar- marshall was that, that that defense last year was really tough todd who was your least favorite defense to face a year ago in the Sun Belt? Mm. i mean not many slowed you I'll down say, todd had success honest. against all of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the front seven for app state was crazy it was definitely was definitely like that i didn't get to play against marshall they they look they they know what's up, but they uh I didn't get to play against them. Um yeah, I'd probably say App State's defense was was the 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 front seven and definitely that first first half was definitely the the my least favorite. Well, we all uh, we all know and, and wish you would have played uh, in that Marshall game. I think it would have been uh, a really fun matchup there with that defense going up against uh, you who had offensive player of the year. Guys, I know for me, looking at Saturday's matchup, I'm really excited about all these weapons. Chase, nearly all the guys you threw to last year are going to be in this year's game. And Todd, guys like Reggie Brown, guys like Zach Horton, who who have now thrived in increased roles this season, plus some of those transfers have made impacts. Which guys do you all see making and having big impacts on Saturday? Todd, I'll let you jump in here first. Well, I feel like Reggie Brown has been the you know catalyst for you know the receivers. 
And, um, you know, I always seen that um, since I got got to JMU last year. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope he has a big game. And then, you know, who's been really, really consistent. And, you know, I'm like, wow, he's he's really good. Uh, Elijah Surratt, I feel like he, he's going to have a big game. And Zach Horton is Zach Horton. And he's always been like that. And um, I'm glad that he got to, you know, have a bigger role this year. And, um, you know, the running backs have been playing great, too. So, you know, it, it's been a collective, you know, unit. And that's why the offense and defense, they're all meshing. That's why they, they tend to know right now. So, um, you know, I really think uh, Elijah Surratt has a big, another big game this week. And uh, so does Reggie. How about you, Chase? I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. Um, first, I'm going to start with my boy Joey. Uh, it's got to start with the quarterback. He's got to play well. Um, after that, um, the Bulls up front. Um, Isaiah Helms, he's got to be the anchor for that O-line. And uh, and I'm going to go on the outside to Caden Robinson. I expect him to, to get a lot of targets um, and and have a monster game if if they're able to connect. Definitely a lot of pass catchers in this one. And y'all y'all had a lot of pass catchers to throw to in y'all's time. Could y'all both maybe share what y'all's top top one pass catcher, your, your target was, your favorite target was last season? We'll start with you, Chase. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a t- y'all putting us in a tough position right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, we'll say a couple. I did. I we've all seen the stats. We know who you, you guys like to, to throw. I will say this: um, last year was a completely different offense than, than what I had in in uh, in 21. And in 21, you know, you had you had Corey, you had Thomas, you had Verge, you had Malik. Man, we were like I was set. And then last year, anybody could get the ball. Um, any progression, we had a lot of my, a lot of, a lot of five man pros. So, um, Caden Strowman, um, C-Dub who's, who's no longer there. Um, but that's my dog and Deshaun. I mean, anybody could get the ball. Um, but I'll probably go with, uh, Henry Pearson for sure. So <laughs> tight end love, uh, you know, got Chris Thornton. <laughs> that was the go getter last year. Um, but shoot, I had a great Great unit, you know. Like I said, we shoot. We had Reggie Brown last year, and now he's the number one guy, and he's doing what he's doing. So we had a great unit. We had uh, Terrence Green, Devin Ravenel. You know, we had a, a good unit. Drew Painter at tight end, who's always my re- my reliable, and then Zach Horton as well. And you know, we always you know fed the backfield too. So you know, it was a like I said, it was, like James Madison is really collective. Like everybody gets to touch, everybody gets to touch the ball, and everybody you know has a role. So. Um, but, you know, I got to say Chris Thornton, <laughs> for sure. Another friend of the podcast, for sure. And let's talk about some bigger picture stuff. One of the big looming things, and obviously a big reason why College Game Day is going to be here is because of the postseason circumstances of James Madison. Todd, that's something you lived through last year, playing without knowing or feeling and having the expectation that you weren't going to be able to play in a bowl game or the conference championship. Could you maybe tell us about the mentality playing in that season without a postseason and why this JMU team this year deserves that opportunity? Shoot. I mean, you know, we bounced, like like Chase said, my mentality, like we bounced around, you know, I finally got that opportunity and, you know, that, that recognition that, I, you know, I always thought I should uh, uh, receive. So, you know, I was just playing every week like it was last week. Um, you know, it could, could get took, we could get took away any, at, any, at any moment. So, you know, we went out there last game of the season and we just went out with a bang against Coastal. And shoot, I, we were just hoping for the best, you know, that we could get that conference championship and uh, get in the conference championship game and, you know, get a bowl game. I really wish we would have got that chance just, you know, selfishly, you know, for the, the, the seniors, you know, those that's more film and, you know, more evaluation. But, um, 
you know, rules are rules. And, you know, I think this year they definitely should get their chance to be able to play in a conference championship or a bowl game because they're, they're undefeated right now. And they if they went out, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to uh, do that. Todd, I got to ask, how often do you wear that Kings of the East uh, ring around? Uh, uh Shoot, I be, I rep James Madison hard. <laughs> I rip it hard. I'm not gonna lie to you. I rip it hard. <laughs> I love to hear that, uh, Chase. Just your perspective on it as well. I mean, you're you're a guy who bounced around in multiple different programs. You dealt with you know transfer portal rules. When you look at this James Madison team, should they be able to compete in the postseason this year with the success that they've had? Yeah, honestly, um, I don't I don't even know the rules uh, behind it. I had no idea. Um, Last season, what it was, I'm completely honest. Uh, the whole time, I'm thinking they're actually going to, co- you know, be, you know, in a bowl game in the conference championship. So, um, you know, they they are undefeated, um, and so I know they they petitioned a grant. I'm pretty sure uh, to the NCAA. So, waiting to hear back. I think it's good for football. I think it's good for the Sun Belt. Uh, we've we've added three, four more teams, the Sun Belt is super competitive. And for them to do what they're doing, I mean, I think they they should have an opportunity to uh, to go to that next step. And and you never know. Um, they, they could go 12-0. and 0. Um, And next thing you know, you're talking about, all right, well, you know, do they deserve, deserve a shot, you know, New Year's Six and, and other bowls and things like that. So, it's uh, it's great exposure for the Sun Belt, regardless of of anyone's opinion on it. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm a Sun Belt guy myself. Like, you know, I rep app super hard, just like he reps James Madison. It's it's a special, it's like a special bond that that we have with, with these teams and and uh, and the way our our career ended. So, you know, I hope I hope the best for them. Well, I mean, I know ultimately Kate and I are on the record. Let's let the Dukes bowl. I'd love to see them compete, uh, you know, for a conference championship if they earn it. And, and certainly so far to this point they have. Guys, I'm going to go a little bit off script here. We got a little bit of extra time. I just wanted to ask your favorite, uh, you know, memories of the game day environments at both of your schools. Todd, I'm going to let you jump in here and go first. Shoot, the Duke walk was probably the coolest, you know, Um being able to see all the fans and how you know excited they were to see you get off the bus and they're all high fiving everybody and and all that so that you know that's a cool little tradition that you know um that that um you know I hold near and dear to my heart. Shoot, my favorite thing about game days though is that that night before in the hotels when you're hanging out with the quarterbacks and we're you know we just cutting it up talking about the week and talking about the the um you know the game plan and. You know, what I see, what I think about this play and what they think and, you know, just sitting there and, you know, really, you know, connecting that brotherhood. And uh, I probably say that's my, my favorite favorite thing about, you know, game days. Let's be honest. Y'all have some nice hotel digs the night before games as well up there in Harrisonburg. <laughs> nah, for sure we did. <laughs> Chase, how about you? How about uh, playing in front of some of these sellouts at Kid Brewer? Yeah, it's uh, it's something you can't beat. I mean, 35,000 strong. Um getting more more fans in for UNC uh and games like that. Uh it's it's a loud environment. It's something that um it is special and and there's nothing better than, than getting a win on your home turf um that you can celebrate with with your fans, uh your teammates in the locker room. Like to me that was the best feeling. Um not even really playing in the stadium at the time, but getting that win, getting back in the locker room celebrating um 
and then you know getting cooked out and going to bed like that was like you know the move but um definitely a great two years for sure Definitely two of the best environments, I think, when it comes to game day in the Sun Belt. But it's that time, guys. Let's get into some predictions for the game. James Madison's a nine-point favorite on Saturday. Give us a score prediction, guys. Who wins in a player you think is going to stand out and make an impact on Saturday? We'll start with you, Todd. Uh, I don't like giving out, like, scores. So I'm just going to say Road Dukes, Reggie Brown has another crazy game. Um, I like, I like score predictions, so I'm going to go with one. <laughs> um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go um, – I did not even thought about it. This is off, off the top of the dome right here. I'm going to go uh, 31 to 28 roll nears. Well, I can definitely uh, sense a little bit of bias from both of you guys, so I think Caden and I are going to have to settle it uh, with some predictions after we let you guys go. But really have enjoyed having you guys on. This has been fun kind of getting uh, the band back together. Certainly wishing you guys continued success in your football careers and looking forward to, to staying in touch in the years ahead. Definitely, for sure. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much, man. Enjoyed it. Kane, I got to admit, this was episode number 149, and this one might have just shot uh, to the top of the charts for me in terms of favorite podcast episodes we've ever done. Yeah, in the moment, no, it felt like an instant classic. It was definitely great to get two guys, two of our favorite guests historically on this podcast, chopping it up about the past and the present of their programs, who we obviously think very highly of and have been doing some great things in the Sunbelt Conference. But man, it was just great to have those guys come on, open up to us, tell us a little bit, pull back the curtain of last season's game and just builds up the anticipation and the hype, I think, for this year's game. I think both of them. And, and even me included, and maybe even you know, I just feel like they want to suit it up now and play in this game on Saturday. That's going to be an electric one. Okay, and I got to admit, my favorite moment of that entire podcast was Chase talking about Troy being the Sunbelt champions. The viewers won't get to see it, but Todd had quite the smirk on his face uh, in the midst of that. Yeah, that was a funny one. Hopefully one we can clip up and show to our, our, our listeners and, and viewers of the podcast and, and get them something to look because that was a lot of a, a funny moment where Todd definitely did a lot of talking without talking as far as Chase talking about the former Sunbelt champs and the people's champs, James Madison, and their thoughts on that. I think another funny little nugget and moment from that was just Chase not even knowing that Todd was hurt in that App State game that they played against each other in. And obviously, Todd's play didn't show he was hurt. But just those cool little moments was definitely one of my favorite parts about this, this episode for sure. Well, Kane, the guys made their picks for this matchup. They scratched as we kind of expected a little bit of bias uh, from both of them. But let's jump in. Current line sitting at James Madison minus nine over under at 55 and a half. Caden, how are you feeling about the, the Mountaineers chances in this one? Yeah, I think for me, no, this is one that I've battled between my head and my heart for the entire week. I went on the record and said I will not be betting against James Madison for the rest of the season after choosing Georgia Southern to upset them. And I think in this matchup, as much as I want to pick App State to go for the upset and as much as App State fans want me to pick or not pick App State, just given the nature of how that's gone this year, this season for them, I'm not going to pick the Mountaineers to win in this one. I think they will cover that nine points. My heart of hearts tells me that App State hasn't had a big win this year, and they always seem to get one. Their opportunity that Coastal Carolina game on a televised stage, watching a bunch of people watching, playing a rival. They weren't able to rise to the occasion and get that one. In overtime, they weren't able to beat North Carolina. So in my heart of hearts, I truly feel like App State is due for their just signature big win of the season, and I think they can get it here. In my heart, I feel that way, but in my head, I just know this James Madison team is a different animal. I don't think there's going to have any distractions on their end as far as college game day in that atmosphere and just the way they've been handling business all season 
it just makes me where I can't pick them. But they have been a little bit more run, vulnerable in the run game than usually than usual. I really like what I've been seeing from App State's defense in person against Georgia State and just the big explosive plays they were able to create over the weekend. But I just do not think it's going to be quite enough for them to beat James Madison in this game. I do think they're cover, they'll cover. I think this is going to be a very close game throughout. But give James Madison winning. Give me App State covering. I'll take the over on the points. I think some points will be scored in this one. It'll be a little bit of back and forth, and it will be a little bit more of a shootout, I think, than we expect. Okay, and I think you just walked that fine line very perfectly on the graphic. It's going to show the App State logo. You've got James Madison winning. For me, when I look at this matchup, I'm taking James Madison to win this game. I've even got them covering in this game. The the Dukes have just been that dominant uh, this season, I think. You know, App State needs to be able to run the football in their three-game winning streak. They've been rushing at 194 yards per game. Uh, but James Madison, obviously, we know how good that defense is. You look back to this game a year ago, James Madison only giving up 63 yards on the ground to the Mountaineers. So I think Jordan McLeod and this Dukes offense is going to come up once again. I've got the Dukes moving to 11-0. and And Caden, I do agree with you. I think we're going to see some points from both sides. I think we're hitting the over on this one. That's it for this episode. We really appreciate you joining us today. If you enjoyed this show, here's one thing you can do. Share this show with one, maybe two of your Sunbelt football-loving friends. Help us help you by continuing to grow this podcast. We hope everyone enjoys Saturday's big game. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.